Would you join me in a moment of prayer? Gracious God, we ask your Holy Spirit to move among us that we might hear anew your word to us, your living word in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. The gospel reading today comes from John chapter 21, beginning with verse 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. And they went out and they got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, do you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was how, this was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I have to say I have been having a wonderful time with these home gatherings. Uh, we've gathered a great variety of different uh, parts of the congregation, and I've listened to the stories uh, that people told, part about the values of the congregation, and sometimes here and there some stories of some former pastors. In one person's memory, they liked one of your former senior pastors because, as they put it, he always started the sermon with a joke. Whether the joke had anything to do with the sermon or not, he always started with a joke. So let me follow with that tradition. A young man went out fishing. He went down to the dock on the lake. He rented a boat to go out. Just as he was loading up his gear, a stranger asked if he could go fishing with him. The young man said, sure. The young man took the boat and took it to the far end of the lake in a hidden cove. There, the two of them put their poles in the lake. They fished for a long time, and neither of them caught anything. 
Then the young man reached into his tackle box, pulled out a stick of dynamite, dynamite, lit it, and threw it in the water. After the explosion, all these fish floated to the surface, and the young man scooped them up with a net. The stranger then pulled out a fish and wildlife badge, told the young man, you're under arrest. Without missing a beat, the young man reached in the box, picked up another stick of dynamite, lit it, placed it in the stranger's hand, and said, well, are you just going to sit there, or are you going to fish? I'll let you decide whether that fits in with the rest of the sermon or not. You see, Peter and his disciples had experienced the resurrection, but it didn't seem to change them. They went on fishing just like they had always gone fishing. It was as if they didn't know what else to do. And they're not catching a thing. Remember a long time ago when you were a child, and life was so new and so wonderful. Everything was exciting. It was so exciting you had to run everywhere. Everywhere your little legs could carry you. There's a toy in the next room, you had to run to go get it. Daddy came home, you had to run to hug him and tell him what happened that day. You're in the park, you go down the slide, you have to run to turn around and go down it again. It's lunchtime, you're having peanut butter and jelly, run to go get that delicacy. Everything's so exciting, you run everywhere. But then life comes along, and bit by bit we get jaded. The world is cold and hard, and we end up bumped and bruised and broken. Life with all of its difficulties and disappointments, its pratfalls and pitfalls. And somehow that inner child well, it grows up to come to think there's nothing worth running for anymore. So it was for Simon Peter. Sure, he had one exciting day that Easter day. That was great. But, but you know, the rest of life seemed to overwhelm. And, and Easter now was in the past, even though it was only a little while ago. Somehow, seeing his best friend hanging on the cross, well, that seemed to, to burn an image on his imagination. That, with the rest of life, its hurts and hardships, that seems to dominate his mind, and you just go on living as if nothing new had really happened, even though he'd seen the resurrection. What comes next? What do we do now? Peter says, I'm going to go fishing, and the rest of them follow along. It's a kind of resignation, life as they'd always lived it. And they catch nothing. But then there's a stranger on the shore. Someone shows up in the distance. It looks like somebody else, an ordinary, everyday person. But he calls out to the disciples in the boat, try it differently, turn around fish off the other side of the boat. That turnaround, does that sound familiar? That's the story, the image, the, the, the message that Jesus gives in so much of his life and his gospel goodness. Turn around. He invites us to change, to live life differently. And they do. They do. They have some sort of sense of openness and it didn't matter how tired they were. It didn't matter that they'd been up all night. It didn't matter that they were exhausted and exasperated. 
when they hear that message to turn around and do it differently, they do. And all of a sudden, there is this abundant, overflowing, overwhelming, vibrant life that happens, a transformation, because they did this simple turning that God called them to do, even though they thought it was just a stranger on show. Sure, they did it. Jesus calls, turn around, and they do, and life becomes new again. Peter had been hard at work all night. It was a hot summer night, so he stripped down to his gym shorts, right? And then when he sees that it's Jesus on the shore, when he recognizes it, he puts on his pants, he puts on his shirt, he puts on his, his blazer and his color-coordinated tie. He looks like one of the ushers at House of Hope, right? Uh, Kirk in the Hills. He looks apostolic and churchy and dignified. He can't stand to wait any longer. And as they're rowing the boat, he steps into the water. It's sort of a Forrest Gump moment for him. Like when he saw Lieutenant Dan on the dock, he's so excited, he has to, he has to walk in the water and, and, and Peter leaps into the water because that's where Jesus is. And where Jesus is, there is overwhelming joy. Life is full and exciting and filled with wonder. There's something worth running for again. And that's our experience of the resurrection. In the resurrection, Jesus brings to us our passion for life. It's there. It's not something that happens simply on that Easter day, but it is part of what we experience in the everyday. In the everyday, we experience in some stranger's voice the call, the word, and we hear that message of Jesus coming to us. Now, we're not told in this story that fishing was a bad thing. It was just a fruitless thing an everyday thing, and it produced nothing, not a nicked zip zero. But when Jesus is present, there is life. There is abundant life. There is overflowing, overwhelming life. And it happens when the disciples are willing to turn around and do something different. And now, instead of no fish, they end up with 153 fish, which I think is rather amazing because someone actually counted how many fish there were. And someone remembered and someone wrote it down. It must have been important. And what does it mean exactly? We don't know. <laughs> About a hundred years later, maybe a little bit more, some, some wise church member said, you know, there's 153 countries in the world. Maybe that really is Jesus' call for us to share the gospel with all the world. 153, all we know is it's an overwhelming number because Jesus calls us to overwhelming life. Do you think this is John's way of saying the other Gospels? The other Gospels had it in, in terms of, of the disciples being called to be fishers of men, fishers of people. That story doesn't show up in the Gospel of John. What the Gospel of John seems to say is, you are the one being caught. Because in this story, Peter is the one who leaps and dives in the water, and he's caught up in the message of Jesus. Before we share the message with the world, we have to recognize how we can be caught up in the passion, the life, the overflowing, overwhelming life. What do we call it? Taking a leap of faith? 
A leap of faith is taking the plunge into the, the turning around, the newness, the surprise uh, of the resurrection where Jesus encounters us. And you know, you stop and think about it. You stop and think about what we experience in the church. Uh, the blessing that we have of being inspired by these people around us who have turned their life, sometimes in a great way, sometimes in a small way, but they have somehow ended up in their turning, they end up blessing the world around them and changing themselves in the process. I think of a high school kid I knew who was abused and abandoned, and yet he was taken in by a church family. And then he was befriended by the church youth group. And then he was accepted by a high-quality, low-cost Presbyterian college. And then he was supported by a generous church benefactor. All of these people so overflowing with faith and life and willing to share it passionately with him. And his life changed. His life changed. All these people who took the plunge and then he ended up being caught up in that newness, that abundant life himself. I think of an administrator who was enmeshed in a corrupt business, had worked in the same business for 25 or 30 years, and, and things were about to get really bad, but, but Jesus called to her to do something new. So she quit that job and took on a new job, and all of a sudden, she was caught up in blessing all these other people with her skills, with her gifts, what she had to offer in, in terms of life. She took the plunge. I've seen leaders of national companies who shaped their corporations because their faith inspired them to do it differently, to turn and fish differently from the other side of the boat, and, and how in that turning they turned their corporations to be organizations that had greater honesty, far greater compassion, and more justice in the world. It is amazing to hear those stories and their faith in Christ called them to share this fullness of life in ways that, that blessed the world. They took the plunge. They took the plunge, that leap of faith, and, and others were blessed in that doing. How many stories do we know from the people who are sitting around us in the pews today? How many people do we know who have blessed others? You know, confirmation teachers who can teach, who can teach junior highs for an entire year, or five, or 20. It is amazing to see the blessing and the lives that are changed through that commitment and that love. Or, or people who, who sing. <laughs> People who sing and somehow melt frozen hearts. And it changes us by that blessing. Where Jesus is, there is life. There is abundant life. There is full life. There is overflowing life. With him, everything becomes new again. And life becomes worth running for again, giving our passion to, experiencing that passion because of the fullness of life that we know is coming. Peter 
understands it first. He gets it. He takes the plunge. It's a beautiful invitation. The resurrection, he now comes to understand. The resurrection is not a one-day thing. It's an everyday thing because you never know where the living Christ is going to call out to you from some stranger, but you recognize the voice. You hear it on the road. You hear it on life's journey, and you recognize it's time again to turn, to turn around, to live differently. And in that living, you experience the fullness of God and the blessing of God that is there because we expect the resurrection to encounter us in the everyday It may mean simply turning around and fishing on the other side of the boat. It may mean something big and dramatic in our lives, but we recognize it by the overflowing life, by the joy we experience. 153, that number haunts me. I don't know what it means, but I know it means a lot. We know that when Jesus calls, there will be some sort of sense of, some sense of overflowing life and joy that will, comes to, that, that will come to us. Peter dives in and Jesus, Jesus calls to him. Uh, and, and I think sometimes we need to listen carefully. Where is Christ calling us in unexpected voices and unexpected ways to turn around? And where do we recognize that there are people around us who are putting their nets in the water and coming up empty. How many times do you hear on the news that more and more people are experiencing that life is meaningless? That life is meaningless and and they come up angry and alienated. They're drained. And, and, And people are drama creating people. Drained and angry people are gonna create bad drama as opposed to what happens in this story, which is the good drama, the fullness of life that we're called to. It's our choice. It's our choice to recognize who out there, whose nets are coming up empty and where we can call them to, 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 to engage in this fullness of faith and life that we have been given. We have sources of inspiration, of course. The Bible is full of stories. We do have those to share, and sometimes that really is what someone needs to hear. But our minds need to be full of those stories. They need to be lively with them, so it matters that we know those stories so that, so that when someone has a need in the supermarket of our ideas, we have something to pull off the shelf and help feed them with, right? That's what the Bible is for us, food for those who are starving. But for some people, the story of the Scripture isn't going to move them, but the stories of the people of faith just may. Those stories of the people of faith who are so so powerful, so loving, so overwhelmingly loving, those stories are stories that we need to share also. Jesus has called us to dive in and to to give new life, to share the resurrection life that he has provided with us. It's up to us to keep on looking, to keep on expecting that living presence of Christ to call out to us anew, to call out to the world anew. And when he calls out to you to do something different, be ready. 
Be ready to turn around and do something different. Be ready to turn around and live faith differently. To turn around and, and to experience the explosive power of the resurrection in our lives because Jesus is calling to us. And when he calls us to, to go fishing in a different way, we have to ask ourselves, are you just going to sit there or are you going to fish? Amen.